Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. Uh, we're going to discuss a film that we feel is underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about it. Uh, I'm Josh Hallam and I'm here as ever with Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you? Uh, very well, thank you, Josh. And yourself? I'm okay. Uh, I'm a little bit warm because we're in mm-hmm. a heat wave and I do have a bit of a cold, which those two things don't really go together, but that's uh, that's how I am. <laughs> um, we're joined today by another fantastic guest. Uh, he is a comedian, he's a podcaster, he's a writer. Uh, Aaron Simmons, how are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm all right. Are you creating your own tornado in your own head? Is that is that's what's going to happen? Yeah, hot and cold. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to get like chill blains like people used to do in the 50s or whatever. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. Like I know the 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 listener to this is only going to be able to hear it, but I will do an audio description of what happens to Josh's head via sort of temperature like, via, over the course of this episode. Very end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think it's going to sort of look like. Um, cool. Uh, but anyway, we always start with a completely random question, as you probably know. So we'll start with uh, with Alice. Alice, do you like cereal? Breakfast cereal, I mean. And if so, what's the best cereal? Josh, mate, I flipping love cereal. Now, I know I've gone on a lot about how much I love crisps, but then cereal, (laughs) cereal is like my second Mm. thing. I flipping love cereal. I love all the cereals. If I had to pick a favourite, oh man, so hard. I was actually thinking about this the other day because I love things like, so you know you get like Jordan's Country Crisp with the clusters and the strawberry in it. Oh my God, delicious. It's like three pound a box though, like come on. Um, But then also Cocoa Pops. Absolutely love Cocoa Pops. Classic. But then love all the plain stuff, like Weetabix and Shredded Wheat, all bran. I mean, all oh, bran's a bit on. of an intense all one. Brand. But I, like, I love you? a bit of all bran, a bit of all, all bran with brand. banana sliced on top. Ooh, lovely. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick a favourite, uh, I, I'd go with the Jordan's Country Crisp, I think, I, if, if I had to pick one. It's quite decadent. It's really high in fat and high in sugar. It's really more like a pudding. Really. I don't think I've ever had that. <gasps> is that like special oh k or it no oh it's so much better than special k i mean i love special k as well but it's like it's just a much more dense special jordan's k. jordan's country jordan's crisp. country crisp how have you never had that i've seen I'm it amazed. i've seen it on the shelves oh honestly get a box if you like a bit of strawberry myself. 
There's, they, they do a strawberry one. I think there's a blackcurrant one. There's a pecan nut one. Oh, yeah. Are they sponsoring this episode? Yeah. <laughs> no, I promise. I promise. Um, what about you, Aaron? Do you like cereal? Well, What's the best I, cereal? So, uh, full disclosure, at the minute, I can't eat dairy or oh, gluten. Right. I'm very oh, fun. No. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, Yes, I bloody love cereal. And I, I, I take slight issue with, with Alice's uh, su- suggestion of Cocoa Pops. And I've got just a, a slight qualm about it. Oh, go on. Are you talking old Cocoa Pops before they changed the recipe? Or are you talking about oh, Cocoa Pops now since they changed the recipe, i.e. since they made it rubbish? So obviously, obviously, it's it's never tasted as good as when I was, you know, six years old, right. waking yeah. up in the morning, going to primary school, yeah. kind of re- trying to relive that magic. It's never quite happened. I didn't realize they'd changed the recipe. <laughs> they changed that, the recipe. Is and that because of the sugar tax? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, Alice. I'm still furious about it. <laughs> oh, like, no. it so I, so before I was a <laughs> I was a personal trainer, but I, I've got such a sweet dude, and I've got such, I. I was like 28 when they stopped making ricicles. And I'll be honest, I'm still not over it. Like I was a 28-year-old man who was in perfect good, perfectly good condition. And I was very happy with my body. I'm very happy with my choices. And I was eating ricicles twice a day. <laughs> just made that decision that I wasn't allowed to do that anymore because kids want sugar. I don't care about the kids. What about adults? What about me? Yeah. What about my yeah. ricicles? Put it on the top shelf next to the porn. I will go for the ricicles <laughs> in the porn. Thank you very much. Yeah. The, sugar, <laughs> the, the sugar tax thing I, has uh, been devastating. I don't yeah. know if you've drank Ribena lately, I but have. that is that is no way the same as it used to be. No way is <laughs> yeah. it the same. Oh, it's so disappointing. To, to give you an idea of how sweet my sweet juice is, I once accidentally poured like a glass worth of undiluted Ribena and I drank the whole oh my thing. God. Neat. No. You drank it neat. You drank, yeah, it, I drank neat. it neat. Yeah. I was like, I think in my head I'd seen like a cool guy in a movie could be like, give me a whiskey. And I was like, I was just sipping it like it, I was like, and it was just Ribena. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think I stopped being hyperactive since that moment. No, but, probably uh, not. I haven't slept. I haven't yeah. slept. Yeah. <laughs> I just got images in my in my head of like you going to the shop and being like, uh, so to, to to twenty cigarettes, please, and a bottle of gin, and a and a pack of rice cools off the top, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the perfect Saturday night. Yeah, actually, I don't need the the cigarettes or the alcohol. Just give me the rice cools. That's <laughs> that's what I need. So they they're your favourite rice cools. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but when they stopped putting them in shops, I did go onto Amazon to see how many boxes of rice cools were still. Available to purchase. And I got like six or seven. And I was like, oh, this will take oh, me yeah. over until they're restocked into this, the supermarket. It wasn't. They stopped making them. I'm still upset oh, about it, guys. That's heartbreaking, oh, isn't it? When your favourite thing gets, <laughs> stops getting made. Josh, what's yours? Well, the exact same thing happened to me, but it wasn't Ricicles. Um, it was Golden Grahams. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I used to love Golden Grahams. And I know oh, they're full yeah. of sugar. And Ooh, yeah. for some reason, they stopped making them. So I used to buy them off, Did you know, like these, them? you know, you get these like American sweet shops online where it's like 20 mm. quid for a pack of like Ike and Mike's, uh, Mike and Ike's and stuff. So I got, um, so I used to buy it online. And then they made a brief comeback. And then someone in charge of all the supermarkets went, oh, no, 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 pe- people don't want Golden Grahams. I'll tell you what everybody really wants. Cinnamon Grahams for some reason. Grahams, and they're yeah. everywhere. They're in every supermarket. And I don't, I've, I've never heard someone be like, 
Oh, I just love Cinnamon Graham's me. I love a I love a cereal that burns the throat. Like mm. it's... the other thing about it, the thing that upsets me most about cereal Graham's compared to Golden Graham, is it was alliterative, and they've gone, yeah, that's fine. Like why yeah. were they, they were only called Graham's because they were golden. That's and true. They've gone, yeah. Let's get rid of the gold thing. We'll keep the Graham because that makes sense for a cereal. Yeah. What should we call it? Cinnamon Graham. Just another yeah. Graham. Just All another right, Graham. Isn't it? Yeah. What? Just another Graham. Grahams are interchangeable. so we'll move on to talking about this week's film uh, which is uh, aaron has chosen 50 50 which is from 2011 so spoiler warnings if you've not seen it so aaron you chose this one so what's it about and why did you pick it so it's a so the film is about uh this guy in his mid-20s i think he's 25 and uh he doesn't drink he doesn't smoke he first thing you see him doing is jogging uh and then he finds out that he's got cancer mm, bummer uh and he's given <laughs> a, a diagnosis cancer is generally not a, a happy moment but you know he's given um survival rate of 50 percent, basically and uh the the film is all about how he's dealing with that news but also his friends his girlfriend his parents um and yeah, it's um, it was when you asked me what film do I want to do, it was the first thing that came to my mind mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, oh, I could talk about that on that podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. That that works because the only other films that I really enjoy are a superhero films, which you know I don't think you can claim Endgame is underappreciated or underrated. Even Probably I mean, not, it's the best no. movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> not, we're not having this discussion. It's the best movie ever, but. Um, the only other movies that I like are terrible movies and I really enjoy hate watching them. And, you know, <laughs> as much as I would love to talk about, you know, Dwayne Johnson's skyscraper for 40 minutes to, to an hour, <laughs> I'm not sure how many people would want to listen to me talk about, you know, The Rock pretending to be The Rock, but with one leg. Oh, is it that one? I yeah. get, the, I get the, the, the Dwayne Johnson ones mixed up. I was thinking of Rampage, I think. It's, you know what? I like Rampage. I wouldn't be. I, I. You're not the only one who's done that. I think The Rock got confused at one point. They're, they're almost identical. I just, apart I just, from the fact yeah. that Rock, The Rock has one leg, and that's that's ah. the only difference. The Rock has one leg in Skyscraper and has a big giant gorilla friend in Rampage. I don't that's know, I just, that's I just, the only <laughs> differentiating part of those movies. I just shot them in between gym sessions. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to have a protein shake on 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 set, but apart from that, it was absolutely fine. <laughs> so would you say you've picked this simply from a point of view of you want to talk about it, you like it, or do you think it's perhaps underseen, underrated? Yeah, I think it's a cool movie. It was one of those things that I don't remember how I watched it. And I think that sort of uh, indicates that it was probably um, underseen or, or people weren't quite as aware of it as, yeah. as it could be of other films. Um, I uh, So basically it's, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, Seth Rogen and Anna Kendrick and I was like I like all of those people I'm going to download that movie um, and I didn't really know much about it before I watched it because it's I would say it's a drama with a bit of comedy in it and I'm yeah. very much a comedy guy um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not here to you know I don't think oh I could have a good cry I don't get people who want a good cry it's just not my it's not my it's not my bag um but I, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I like Seth Rogen, I like Anna Kendrick. And I was like, 
I don't think I actually had heard of Anna Kendrick at this point. I think this is the reason why I like Anna Kendrick. Mm. But yeah, it's just a really, you know, well-balanced, lovely film. And it just makes me feel good. Like I've watched it sort of four times now, I would have thought. And every time I think, yeah, this is a bloody good movie, isn't it? Just a good movie. And that is is what I believe is the premise of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much pretty much spot on. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, Alice, had you seen this one before? I hadn't seen it, but it was one of those that every time I saw the thumbnail, like on Netflix or on various online streaming mm. services, I was like, I need to watch that film. I reckon I'd like it. I'm a huge fan of Seth Rogen as an actor and just as a person. Really love Joseph Gordon-Levitt as well. And I knew it was about cancer. You can kind of tell that it's about cancer just from the thumbnail because it's... So it's 50-50 and he's about to shave his head. Mm. And... I because th- the whole shaving the head thing is quite obviously that's quite a monumental step for so many people who do undergo chemotherapy. So that image is quite evocative, it, even though it's so simple. So I kind of got what it was about. So it's like okay, it's these two comedy actors taking on a story about cancer. I was like, that's gonna be interesting. Mm. Um, but I I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a brilliant film. I thought it was beautifully written. I thought the acting was superb. Joseph Gordon-Levitt gave such a wonderful performance and does this really good job at playing someone like he was so good at looking like vacant so much of the time. Like, because so much of his experience of having cancer is having to kind of moderate the people around him. Like his mum gets upset and his very short-term girlfriend gets upset. Obviously his dad is suffering from Alzheimer's and then you've got his best mate um, in Seth Rogen's character who's kind of not quite sure how to handle it, but he is the most supportive person around him. So a lot of the time he's trying to moderate that and just kind of get from day to day. And he just does such a good job at looking like a guy who's really struggling to hold it all together. And he has like this vacant look in him of, and it's kind of like mixed in with this sort of shock and horror at what's happening. But I thought it was brilliant. I did shed a few tears. Um, I, I am one of these people who I, I don't mind like a bit of a cry. Like if I go, if I've gone like a few months without crying <laughs> and it's been like, you know, I'm, I'm having like a stressful time or I'm feeling particularly anxious or whatever, mm. I do get to a point where I'm like, I need to cry. Like I need to sure. let out some of this emotion and I can't just sit there and start crying. So it's like, if I find a sad film, certain that is a bit of a tear joker, jerker, then it's quite cathartic for me. Um, what about you, Josh? Had you seen this one? Yeah, so yeah, I'd, I'd seen this one before. So I remember when this, I didn't, I didn't go and see it in the cinema, but I remember when it came out because the whole marketing premise of the film when it was released was that the guy who wrote it is is um, is Adam. Is it, yeah. it is Adam, isn't it? Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt's character. Um, I'm getting confused because I think the real guy's called Will, and I always get the two confused. But, yes, I think. But, yeah, but yeah, the whole thing was that was the writer with Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, being like, it's a story about you know, me and I, and I got cancer and it's 50-50 and see how it all plays out sort of thing. And it was sort of a quite darkly comic way of trying to market the film. So I first saw it, I, this film does stick in my memory because I watched it the first time I moved house into my first address with my with my partner now. So you know that thing when all your stuff's packed away and you're just sort of sitting there waiting to go to bed and you're like, God, we have to do something. So I just bought a DVD and I think this was one of those where back in the day it was just like at the front of HMV. And I think I went, oh, that looks good. And I put it on and, and, and I love, and I, and I agree with you, Alice, everything you've just said. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant film. I think, I think it's really good. What I quite like about it is that it's, it's quite a realistic and naturalistic way of telling a, a really familiar story 
and I quite like that it's an exploration of the of the human condition because it does it like you say by he's very vacant and it's more about him almost almost about him not dealing with it but having to deal with everyone around him and and I quite like that and 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 down to things like the more naturalistic dialogue like it's from that era of films where it was obviously a case of there was a script but there was also where we'll just keep keep saying stuff and see what sort of see what comes out and I quite like that I think it gives it a really it's you know almost like a really unique take to have such a dark subject and a story that you know has been done many many times but never really quite been done like this um so what about you Anne? like what is it you particularly like about it or is it just an overall package you just love it yeah I mean that was sort of I think you guys have hit pretty much what I like about it like I think all of the performances are great I think the mum I'm terrible at actors names but the mum it's fantastic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Angelica I, Houston. Yeah. Is that Morticia from Adam's It is Morticia from it Adam's is, family, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, even, like, the little characters, like, his girlfriend, mm. she does such a brilliant job of, like, being right on the edge of, like, you can see why he's with her, but you can see why he needs to leave her. Like, that's mm-hmm. such a difficult um, thing to play and, and to get that sort of... Um, that balance right of where you're not going to go, well, of course she'd leave her. She's being a complete dick. Like, she absolutely nails that. Like, Seth Rogen, I thought, like, I like Seth Rogen. And, like, it was was very much just after he was, like, everywhere doing, like, um, just just all over, like, uh, super bad and and all of these. Knocked up. Yeah, knocked up. And the really big, loud Seth Rogen-y, uh, you know, parts to have him be there and to be still be himself and be loud and be brash and all that kind of stuff, but actually have that heart behind it afterwards um, was really great. And like the, yeah, I just think the the way they balance the whole thing of it being about cancer and it, it is a slight rom com as well. And and but to get that right is like that happens like i am uh not a big fan of boy meets girl mm. they kiss end of end of uh movie mm. like I, I i just don't like the uh heteronormative everything's <laughs> fine when you find one girl and yeah. everything's sorted um yeah sorry i was gonna do a really really obvious plug for my show but i'm gonna hold off until the end okay uh, <laughs> If you want to hear about more about how I'm not interested in heteronormative, come see my show. It's all about polyamory. Anyway, um, back to this. Um, but no, I just think the way they did it was so like brilliantly done. Like they they made it about those two people rather than okay, we need to give them a reason to kiss at the end. Let's just get them to push their faces together. Like it was actually earned i felt yeah um, i i really like that because it's it's quite interesting like 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 you said it's that it's almost a realistic portrayal of what mm. actually it is like and it's not in any way at no point does it sort of sell out and become cheesy mm. which i think a lot of you know when when you think of this sort of film quite often you do associate it with a, a certain emotional yeah. sort of baggage if I you guess. work hard enough you can you can beat cancer it's, yeah. it doesn't take that it's yeah just, you know he was given 50-50 and, he, you know, the coin flip landed on his side. 
Yeah, um, yeah. But it's I'm interested in picking up what you were saying about, about his girlfriend character, the Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard character. I really enjoyed yeah. the way that it ex- explored complex sort of emotions and stuff. And, and she, I think, is a really good example of that because so she essentially cheats on him. Yeah. But she's not she's not actually made out to be a big bad villain. It's mm. almost like she's a flawed person. She's mm. a flawed person who's under a lot of pressure and she can't really cope with what is going on. And it's not, you know, Seth Rogen is very antagonistic towards her. But, yeah. but even, even Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character isn't, he's not particularly like, there's no big like, yeah, get out sort of yeah. thing. There's just like a, oh, well, it is what it is sort of thing. Yeah, get the they, fuck off my porch. Yeah, just like yeah. Death quietly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's they do it really well in terms of like making it, seem like they've got problems before it yeah like she doesn't want to be in that relationship anyway and then he goes i've got cancer but you can leave if you want to and you like life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No one wants to be in that position and be like, ah, yeah, I was actually, I was going to break up with you anyway. Mm. But uh, now... Yeah, I think we should break up. It's, yeah. it's not to do with the cancer. Uh, like, of course you're gonna, of course you're gonna say yes, and then that pressure builds and builds and builds. Um, you know, it's uh, again, it, 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 she is not the person that you're rooting for him to be with no. in any way, shape, or form. But it's not a question of you know he has to prove himself to her or or outdo her or, or make this big sort of gesture. It everything he does post-breakup has got no relevance to her. But like you say, it really explores those sort of almost real people. They, they feel like real people. They feel like real, real emotions. Like, And I do like the fact, as I've already said, that they don't, 
they don't sort of buckle under the pressure of it being cheesy. So, for example, at the bit, at the you know, at the end, he's going to go in for surgery, and it's very much like hopefully it'll it'll help, but it might not. And they say their goodbyes, and that could have been a really melodramatic, emotionally sort of heart wrenchingly, almost mm. a bit manipulative scene. So, for example, you get the, the bit where he says to his dad, "I love you" and goodbye, but his dad's got Alzheimer's, and I feel like in in the hands of a, a less skilled director and writer, his dad would have probably suddenly come to and said, oh, I love you too. And in yeah. fact, it, it's very much like, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm, um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm unwell. So, yeah. But look you know, at this jacket. Isn't it yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah. No, and I thought that was really good. And like the way that they get, um, Anna Kendrick to come in and, and, you know, sit on the other side and be like, Oh, I'm one of the doctors. Like, like that bit. And like, even, even in that really sort of heavy moment, like Seth Rogen going, did he call me a dick? Like, you know, just to make that joke at that point, just so that it's not so heavy throughout mm. the whole thing. Like a lot of people would be like, oh, why don't you just let that emotional weight there? But no, that's the whole point is you need to release that so that when they come in and, and say whether or not he, he lives or dies, like the surgery is successful yeah. more, more accurately. Um, you're you're not already at like breaking point, so that you've got one way or, or the other to go. The other the other thing that I would would say is when you say I think it feels real. I think that comes down to it, that guy's experience. Like yeah, if you talk about uh, what it was like that time you had cancer, it's much more real than going. God, I wonder what it'd be like if I had cancer. Yeah. Like, well, oh, that'd be so tough. Yeah, let me write about that and like. You can tell that this guy's been through it. You can tell that he he knows the experience um, of what he's of what he's writing about, and and it comes through. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more because it's like, and it's also like you say, it's that perfect example of how almost in real life, when faced with these real sort of challenges, I do, people do find stupid jokes in in those moments, and and it's it's an example of almost how comedy and tragedy go hand in hand so well. So, you know, his best friend's being operated on and he's talking to his therapist, like, did he say he was a dick? And his, and his mum is like, I only smothered him because I love him. <laughs> and like, and straight away, and then straight away after that, the doctor, like you say, comes out to discuss the surgery and she speaks to them before eventually telling him that he's still alive and he, you know, it, it, they've, they've, there's been some complications. And Seth Rogen just goes, well, you should start with that then. Yeah. And this is a really beautifully sort of quite poignant, but funny, but also... You know, it's finding lightness in the dark, I guess. Yeah. It, it, for like, As someone for like who a better has phrase. to make a joke anytime he mentions any kind of feelings, I totally get that. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm unable to explain, you know, any kind of emotion or just <laughs> anything without putting some kind of joke in it. Because, you know. Cla classic, uh, classic British emotional repression. Sure. <laughs> Needy comedian is another way of putting it. But, you know, either, either or is fine. Um, but, yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> um, so, I want to, obviously, we've touched a little bit on the performances, but, I mean, until I saw this, I had never really seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt give, like, a, such a good performance. Mm. I'd always thought he was solid, mm. but, like, he's he's amazing in this. Yeah. And like I think he, I think you touched on it earlier the the vacancy of it and the you know the fact that it's almost happening outside of him and it's everybody else's dealing with it is is hitting him harder than than him and he's still in a bit of a denial throughout the whole thing. I think it's only when um, and a, a lot so so basically when he's 
getting chemo, he meets a couple of other people with cancer and um, they're obviously a little bit older than he is and they're in a bit of denial as well. And one of them dies halfway through the film and that's when it really sort of hits him that, you know, this is going to happen. And and he's having therapy throughout the whole thing. He's not really engaging in it. He's not really, he's just looking to sort of do the easy option of going, oh, can we do the breathing exercises? Or can we do, can we not talk about my mom or, or whatever it is? And then once that hits, he then, he then starts to feel it as well. And that, that's a really great turning point in the movie, I think. Yeah, there's that moment, isn't there, where he has that sort of, a little bit of a breakdown in his in the car, mm. and I just remember that. I think that was the first time I was like, "Oof!" Like, like, and that's probably the one really dark moment in the film. Mm. And like, they use it so sparingly and so well that it, it really has, for me, like a full impact because it's the only time you see him show such a volatile emotion. Because for the rest of it, like Alice said and you've said, he's very vacant and sort of quite stoic and still and just sort of, sort of almost just getting on with mm. it. But that point, on the on the counter of that, how Anna Kendrick deals with that. So mm. Anna Kendrick is his therapist throughout the whole thing. And, you know, is is very young, very new to therapy and is trying to be as professional as she can be. And um, you know, is slipping up, you know, because people who are young and, and new to jobs make mistakes in it. If you want proof of that, you could see my first five gigs. Awful <laughs> business. Anyway, um, but yeah, so all the time she's trying to be as professional as she can be. And then um, when he so he has a bit of a freak out in the car and, you know, Seth Rogen thinks he's calling his ex-girlfriend, but he's actually calling Anna Kendrick. And then he says, like, I want you to be my girlfriend. And she, you can see her smile and be like, girlfriends could be nice. And like, it's so, it's like, yeah, like she's trying so hard, but... And like she's trying this to be professional whilst knowing this guy has surgery tomorrow and fighting her own feelings of going, yes, I would really like that. It's, it's just brilliantly done, I think. I just really, really liked the film. And I think the relationship between, is it Kyle, Seth Rogen's character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the relationship between Kyle and Adam obviously really makes this film. And their chemistry together is lovely. And they just got such a good thing going on screen and they complement each other so well. And it was just such a nice way to view this journey. Obviously, and to hear, you know, when you've got the diagnosis of cancer at, at the age of, because he's in his like mid to late 20s, isn't he? And like you say, he's he's been so sort of safety conscious and health conscious about his life up until that point. That is just everybody's worst nightmare. And it just takes you on such an interesting journey of it. And it is such an interesting depiction. And just going off something you said before, Josh, it isn't trying to emotionally manipulate you. Or if it is, it does it very, very well and very, very subtly. But it's not these big sort of teary, dramatic, wailing moments, is it? It's all just these very subtle things. Like when they go to pick up girls at the bar and then um, Adam's <laughs> halfway through having sex with one of them and he's just like... Nah, you're gonna have to get off. It hurts my back. Like yeah. it's not, it's not much of anything. It's just very real and very natural. It all, the whole thing just felt like that. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's also a very real depiction depiction of sex, which doesn't happen often in movies. Which is like, yeah. oh no, this isn't 
you know, f- full orgasm 24-7 <laughs> every single day of the week. Like, it, usually when it's sex, it's, men- it's not what sex is like. So that was nice. <laughs> Being like, oh, this is... This isn't actually good for either of us. Yeah. My back hurts, yeah. actually. It doesn't make my... me in a good light. I have had sex with people who have enjoyed having sex with me. I just need to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the sex I have is bad, but some of it. So we'll move on to things that we perhaps would change or perhaps didn't like about the film. Is is there anything for you, Alice? Is there anything that you particularly didn't like? No, literally nothing. Like, I enjoyed it from start to finish. It made me feel happy it made me feel sad it had a great soundtrack great cast great acting great script I really did I just enjoyed it all and I knew I I knew I was gonna like it like I you know I've I am a bit you know biased towards Seth Rogen Joseph Gordon-Levitt I knew that I was going to enjoy it anyway and I I just did and I enjoyed every single like aspect of it I enjoyed the concept um and I don't think there is anything to change about it really at all i don't think i've ever have we ever said that about any um, of the films we've done on this podcast uh possibly a couple of the classics like the, yeah, i think the maybe. great the great dictator i think we said we wouldn't change anything about that i can't yeah. quite remember what about you aaron is there anything that you've you've looked back and you think mm, actually no or is it just no it's great yeah i mean it's nothing jumps out i don't think it's like a perfect movie in my head like a perfect movie is school of rock where you yep. you literally oh, don't yeah. change a thing you just Watch it and then you watch it again because it's perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I, mate, I've seen that film maybe 15, 20 times. I went through such a phase with it. <laughs> perfect. It's just perfect. Mr. Yeah. Schneebly. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Actually, it's Schneebly. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I think in terms of 50 50, I think there's nothing that jumps out. Like, there are a few bits and pieces that, you know, are not would be like minor minor quibbles but like um like the the cleaning a car and and that changing their dynamic completely i i thought that was like okay we need a reason for them to move forward yeah um and for her to start calling it out on stuff but that's that's a very very minor gripe uh, just to prove that it's not perfect like school of rock mm. Yeah, I and I would, I would, I totally understand what you're saying there as well because it's like, oh, you cleaned my car, so now this is how I feel about you now, and it's like, well, it, it, in in reality, if that happened, it would just be like, oh, he's just got a bit of OCD. Like, I would, I would feel a bit uncomfortable sitting in someone's car that was that messy, and she was a little bit messy when he came into her office that first time as well, and her sort of sandwich was just on the side, and she just kind of left it there and that. Um, so no, I totally, totally get that point. So what about you, Josh? Was there anything that you didn't like or you maybe would change? Nothing massive. Like, nothing like, like you both said, like little things that I might change. There was the odd bit of dialogue um, that Seth Rogen's character said, which was a little bit, you know, a little bit misogynistic. Like a little bit talking about hand jobs and blow jobs here and there. But I don't know if I'd change it because I don't know if actually his character is um, compensating. Do you know what I mean? If his character is making up for... Um, how nervous he feels about his friend's condition. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah, I would maybe agree. I did, I had I'd forgotten that he was a little bit like that because it's towards the end, isn't it? And they obviously make a big deal about the fact that they haven't had sex in three weeks. Yeah, mm. and it's like, is that Jesus. is that a long time? <laughs> three weeks. Really? Like, uh, fuck it out. Yeah. Like when you get into your thirties, especially. It's I like, mean, wow, it's, as someone three who's, weeks, in two, who's in two different relationships, I don't think I could last three weeks. <laughs> 
but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but no, there, is, there are bits of his dialogue that feel a little bit like they're actually from another film. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like yeah. they're from like a Seth Rogen comedy. It's a bit like, but I, for me, I don't know if it's just because I like the film so much. I just took it as he's overcompensating because he's nervous about the situation. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely uh, room to give him that. Like, I think it, it does sort of smack a little bit of like, or oh, maybe we need to front load this with a bit of jokes mm. of like um, that are that are not cats related. You know, oh, you know what would be funny? Let's get Seth about sex and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Some, something for the trailer. Um, something for the trailer, isn't it? It's like. I do think, mm, though, he says some of those jokes before the diagnosis because it's within, like, the mm. first couple of scenes, isn't it? Because mm. he picks him up for work and it's it's yeah. in that where he's like, oh, you know, we haven't had sex in three weeks. And it's like, oh, she had, a, yeah. she had a yeast infection and then she had a period. It's like, well, she could give you a hand job or a blow job or whatever. But it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know, anything that comes out of Seth Rogen's mouth. Like, I just, I don't find him offensive at all. Lovable, and I can't find anything that he says offensive, mm. yeah. Mm. Okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. So, uh, have either of you seen the critical reception for this? Do you know how it did critically? Um, no, I, I mean, I presume pretty well because mm. it's a great movie. Yeah. Alice, how do you reckon it did? Um, I, I do reckon it did quite well and I would mark it quite high. I think the writing is incredibly good. Um, the story itself is brilliant. The acting is really good. And I don't think there's really many areas that you could fault it. No. Uh, so if I was going to hazard a guess, I would say kind of a generous seven, like maybe kind of if we go 7.9, I just don't think it would 7. maybe 9. teeter quite into the eights okay. with the critics at least. Okay, well, let's have a look then. So the IMDB at time of recording is 7.6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And the audience score on That's Rotten Tomatoes. a very Tomatoes, good guess, Alice. I will give you that. She always, oh, mate, my guess is a pretty bad one. She always gets, she always gets pretty close. <laughs> um, however, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is eighty-eight percent, and the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is ninety-three percent. Wow! So that I mean, it smashed it there, hasn't it? Oh, I did not expect that one bit. Oh, wow. The critics finally came through. (laughs) Finally. So we have have a thing on this, this, Aaron, which is whenever a film's done worse than we think it should or it deserves better, we always look, what do the critics actually say? And most of the time, quite often, it's it's, it's just not another film. Yeah, we, we were watching one. Was it the other week? And it was like, oh, it's not the Matrix, though, is it? No. Yeah, it's not the Matrix. Yeah, it's not. Not trying to be the Matrix. It isn't the Matrix. The, o- <laughs> the only justification for that is saying it's not Endgame. And yeah. if that's the case, then yeah, that's the reason no other film could get a ten out of ten. <laughs> can't have more than one thing that is ten out of ten. If you got ten out of ten, and, and let's say Endgame is ten out of ten because it is, you can't have other movies. That are at, at ten out of ten because they're just, they're not Endgame. So that would be my. I'm with the critics on that one. If you're quite a fan of Endgame, are you? Aaron? Yeah, yeah, you're quite quite a fan of Endgame, Aaron. Getting getting I mean, that from. I'm usually so yeah, subtle getting those with that. vibes, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've um, only got eight Avengers posters in my flat. Uh, actually, nine. I bought one recently. Um, yeah. No, a little bit obsessed, but you know, it's fine, right? Thirty-one. So back to the critical reception then. Is that is that fair? Is it high? Is it low? How do you how do you feel now that you've heard those numbers, Aaron? I think it's I think it's fair. Like I I, I think it's a genuinely good movie. And like mm. it, I think 
the point earlier where we were all like struggling to think of things that we didn't like about it. Like yeah. it, it, it'd be easy to be like, yeah, it's a good movie. And, but, but it's, but more importantly, it's a good movie. And like, there's so little wrong with it. And it is, it's got loads of good parts as well. It's not a nothing movie where just nothing happens. So you've got nothing to complain about. It's a great movie. And for it to, to get that score, I think it's absolutely fair. I spent a lot of time talking about how that isn't a nothing movie, but that was a really nothing answer, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, it's really right, good. It's, it's yeah, fine. it's a really good movie, and there's lots of good things. That are f- what an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> so, so what are we saying then, Alice and Aaron? Are we saying it's appropriately rated, but perhaps a little bit underseen? Like, feel like maybe more people should see this more naturalistic depiction of a story that we've seen before? What would you say? I, I would say it is... I mean, it's definitely worth a watch. And I think maybe no matter what genre you, you prefer, um, I just think it's a really it's a really satisfying movie and it just doesn't hit a bum note. And I definitely think it's appropriately rated. And I'm really, really impressed and shocked at those critic scores. Because usually those kind of scores are reserved for the classics, like mm. Meet Me in St. Louis or like Vertigo, et cetera. Mm. Wait, I don't think we've had any... Or Endgame. Endgame. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we've had any of the more modern films that have got that high. So I'm really... That makes me really happy. And I'm really happy for everyone who was involved because of that. <laughs> uh, Aaron, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm delighted that I was able to recommend a movie that Alice enjoyed so much. It makes me feel like that's fun. And as for as for Endgame, my personal take is that it should be the only film that is allowed to be rated out of three thousand. So that way you can say, "Oh, you love it." Three thousand. Look at that. Look there we at go. That. There we go. It was worth it. So there we go. Another one for the appropriately rated. Underseen, definitely check it out pile, which is quite a niche pile, but definitely check out, <laughs> <laughs> definitely check out 5050. So Aaron, thank you very much for coming on. So um, yeah. where can we, where can we see you? What's going on? What, where can our audience look for you? So uh, I'm on all the usual places, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Actually, that's, that's all the places I'm on. I'm, I'm too old for TikTok, but um, it's at Rolling Comedian. If you want to follow me on one of those uh i'm doing my stand-up show uh all over the country at the minute um there are a few dates booked in definitively there's there's more to be added uh so far uh i have a this is yeah so the big one is at soho theater on the 13th and 14th of august um but i have dates in durham in oxford in Paversham. uh all I think I'm missing one as well. All over the place. Basically, whenever someone will pay me to tell jokes, <laughs> I will be there. And uh, uh, the, as I said earlier, the show is all about. Um, it's called Hot Wheels. It was about the time I got given a nickname after a one night stand, and it's about uh, the positive side of disability and polyamory and how they come together. They don't really come together that much. To be honest. <laughs> Uh, I've never had a You found a way Well, you know I've had sex in disabled toilets But I've never had sex With two people In, in disabled toilets So, you know There's always next year Now that we're back oh, Allowed absolutely. to be outside Who knows How many people I can have sex with In a disabled toilet Promises, promises Double vaxxed And ready to go <laughs>
So there we go, another episode in the bag, and uh, safe to say, another fantastic film, another brilliant guest. Thank you very much to Aaron for coming on. Do check out all his stuff, because he's very funny on Twitter um, and Instagram, and make sure you get tickets for his show if you can, and just support him, because he was great for coming on the show, he's a great guy. Um, We will be with you next week for another film. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, it's just filmsandthatpod. Until next week, Alice Oliver, thank you very much for joining me as ever. Oh, thank you, Josh. Pleasure as always. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.